good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Saturday night, so you know what that means. You got Mr. Saturday Night himself, the people's choice, Don Rodriguez. What up, what up? Then, of course, you have me. He may be Mr. Saturday Night, but I'm Mr. Pay-Per-View. The big guy, KG. Yeah, he won. And this, <laughs> together... We are your undisputed, undefeated, unrivaled, and unmatched tag team champions of the universe. We are the WrestleManiacs. Yep. So I guess we'll go ahead and get all this tomfoolery and chicanery out the way now. You oh. won the Hell in a Cell picks. So let's go ahead and talk about Hell in a Cell and just make it happen. First okay. match to start it off, the 41st Hell in a Cell match in WWE history was Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. And we ended up seeing which I went with Sasha. I thought it was going to go a different way, but now I understand the reason why they went that way. But Becky actually came out on top by the hair or not too much hair on her chinny chin chin. But as they say, when you go into hell in a cell, you leave a piece of yourself and your career in that sell and by God they both did without question. That was a, 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 a hell of a hell in a cell match. They had some spots that was crazy. I never would have envisioned um, a chair, somebody sitting on a chair on top of two kendo sticks and getting uh, drop kicked onto or well, into the chair, to the cage. And I mean, they, they, they came up with some great stuff. So whoever helped them curate some of the spots for that match were just they all did themselves. But now, looking back at that, and you say whoever helped curate it, you sure you had nothing to do with that? No, no, no. That was some stuff I wouldn't have thought of. But the moment I saw it, I had those old goosebumps thinking that better be in the game. That better be in the game. <laughs> you know how it used to be. You see a set or you see a, a move before the next game comes out. It better be in the game. If not, it better be a DLC download or, or something possible. Because, that, like I said, they, they did a hell of a good job. You know, you started off right. That was actually in the first match in the order of the picks. And it was the, the first match and that set the tone for everything else. The next match that set the tone was actually Bailey versus Charlotte, which again, um, I was thinking a different way. And we had Charlotte winning, becoming a 10 time champ. But I understand ten why time, now. 10 time, 10 time champ. And rightfully so, but I understand why. Uh, as for the greater good, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But then we have the match. And they had some other stuff on the card. But then we had the match that is the most controversial. Now, as far as the story they were telling in the beginning of the match between Seth Rollins and the Fiend for Universal Championship, it was a great story. You had the 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 the, the myth or... Uh, the 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 monster, the beast, the the entity of the fiend, and Seth was trying to find a way to overcome that ominous presence that was in the in the cell. I thought it was a great presentation of having it all in that red lighting, so that was phenomenal. But the ending is what a lot of people are upset about. And I was curious to see how you felt about 
the disqualification and a no disqualification Hell in a Cell match. And before you speak about it, Mick Foley going off a cage, or excuse me, off the cell, through the announce table, no disqualification. Mick Foley being chokeslammed through the cell, no disqualification. Seth Rollins puts a chair in between a ladder with a toolkit on it, and it's the toolkit with a sledgehammer, automatic DQ. That was interesting. To which I'm like, well, they're not going to DQ it. They're doing homage to what was going on with, with Foley. And maybe they'll restart the match and we'll have a solid finish. That didn't happen. And Lord knows the crowd was heated. And now I want your opinion. The crowd being heated was an understatement. Um, They were hot, but not in a good way. The AEW chants, uh, this is bull. You know what? Um, That ending. Before I, now, let me put it this way. We were alive on air. Myself and Delonte, this was Sunday night. We were live doing uh, Sunday Rise postgame. So, uh, yeah. Um, Delonte's initial reaction kind of piqued my interest. And so I had to go back and watch, and I, I felt it. I thought it was horrible. Horrible. Now, I mean, I can understand taking the belt off of Seth in a controversial manner. But, I mean, even though you want to keep it on him, but taking it off of him in a controversial manner to as, you know, the Fiend has the belt for a little while. And he's still, you know, terrorized. You could build off of that. But that was just, you, you, you pretty much just partially buried the Fiend. And he was the best thing going in WWE right now. He had that, dare I say it, Becky Lynch, white hot, being over character. And that loss right there might have buried it. Well, I knew they had a a greater good thing going on. I knew something was going to come of it, and something still could come of it. But the DQ is what I didn't agree with. Because that defeats the whole premise of what a hell in a cell is. It should not have been a DQ that did it. It could have been anything else but that. Because nobody believed it. Nobody bought it. And uh, the scuttlebutt is that Vince McMahon made the call for that to have the particular finish. So, you know, Vince was chuckling when he heard the AEW chants and this is awful and everybody was heated the, the, the fan reaction. So I'm not going to lie to you from Vince's standpoint, I can understand it because you're creating a controversial moment. That's going to keep people talking. You're having that happen leading into all the buzz you're trying to get with the draft coming. So you're, you're trying to build with that. You're building attention to your brands uh, with um, Fox still being fresh and USA 
uh, and NXT. So it, it got people talking, opposed to it just being, oh, WWE had a pay-per-view match, and that was it. So from that standpoint, mission accomplished on pulling some of the attention away from AEW and AEW having the, the, the better shares and the better viewership and the first war zone versus NXT. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like both two sides of the coin I see, but I still don't agree with the DQ finish because that makes it a possibility for hell in a cell because if it's hell in a cell, but yet you could be so violent, it's a disqualification. Then why are you in hell in a cell? That's true. So I don't know. I don't know. So I guess the the world felt just as bad as I did for losing the picks for the pay-per-view. But on a positive side, a no straight jacket wearing Tamina actually became 24-7 champion and lost the 24-7 championship in the same night. But at least she was there. Mm-hmm. That's the first That's championship she's had in a long a time. Long time. Long, 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 long. Long, long, long. I mean, we could just keep those O's going, time. So long that people forgot probably about the Great Muda and situations like uh, that and the Green Mist until Oscar showed up and decided she was going to go back to her old wheelhouse. And use it. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Because the first thing I saw was Muda. Muda, 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 Muda. <laughs> so I was happy about that. But you, now, you know something. So. What? Hold what on. Before we move on. No, I'm trying to move on, man. Because, I mean, I've given it away. <laughs> and I, birthday came around. I said, Congratulations on being a winner. I'm trying to get past the loss. Past the loss. But you want to hold me there. Go ahead. Hold me no. hostage. It, it, uh, just a personal note. And I know I'm not the only one. How many times did you attempt the great mood of backflip off of something? Ouch. I think I'm still injured. <laughs> that was my finisher when I was about, I'll say, eight, nine years old. I could do a standing backflip and I could land it on the bed perfectly. So when I would wrestle my cousin, who was seven years older than me, and we would always wrestle every night, wrestle. But I could land that backflip. He would always encourage me, you're getting better. You, you got to stick the landing a little bit more. So he encouraged this behavior that I've passed down to my children. So, Tony, if you're listening, they still backflipping off of stuff, dude. Don't you, I was just getting popped in the mouth for spitting on people. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's a great motor. He spit on me, mom. Like, oh my God, that's, that's the mist. Like, well, I guess I have to stop that move and take that out of my repertoire. Until WWF No Mercy, then I spit on a lot of people <laughs> right before I choked them out. <laughs> but speaking of choking out, we're choking out the whole conversation about Hell in a Cell. You won. I'm over it. Congratulations, Duncan Shane. Let's talk about the real business at hand 
as Dusty Rhodes would say, happy birthday, uh, possibly uh, dream. But uh, the front lines, week two, who came on? Who came out on top? AEW or NXT? Now WWE on the Raw and SmackDown sides is doing their thing because the real contendership is between WWE and the NXT brand and AEW. Because Raw and SmackDown just on their own planets, so AEW's not trying to fight that fight. Could they? Yes, but they're not trying to directly fight that fight. But NXT, you're right in the crosshairs because y'all running the same time. You're almost running the same commercial breaks. So you're running the same picture in picture. You're doing a little bit of the overrun uh, past your, your two hour mark. So, I mean, they're trying to stay paced to make sure that one doesn't have an edge over the other, which is great. So let's just talk about a couple of high spots on Raw because I said the wars between NXT and uh, AEW. But then on the sandwich part, Raw was a little lackluster. They did not address, which I thought was a smart idea, the 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 Fiend Bray Wyatt thing. Let the let it keep festering, let it keep going, let it keep boiling. Let people wonder why they didn't have. I'm sorry, not the Fiend and Bray. Uh, well, that both of them together, but uh, the Fiend and Seth Rollins. Um, let it fester. You had a, a segment where you saw Seth, but that was it. It, it wasn't anything too deep into it. It was it was just Seth Rollins on a backstage interview, basically. To me, the real talk was Lashley, Rusev. Mm -hmm. That was where he started. The bedroom scene is like, okay. First, he's slobbing down your wife. Shout out to Lana and Rusev for agreeing to that. Next thing you know, she's in a bra and panties. That's nothing too crazy because if you watch Instagram, she's almost always taking pictures in bra and panties. All right. Once you start putting that strap down, like, hold up, and you start cuddling up, like, hold up, that's a little uh, unprotectionally close for comfort. Who's giving a green light on this? And Rusev, where are you in the room? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So, Rusev was on the camera. No, no, no. Come on now. You, 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 <laughs> you mean he hold the camera? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Possibly. I figured he'd just been standing over the cameraman like, Bosca! You know, like, you get close if you want, too close if you want to. I'm about to see some of this Bulgaria come out. <laughs> or the camera could have went off and who knows. But either way, I thought that was really the first talk of the night. And we talked about three hours worth. But mm. that was the first highlight. Now, the second highlight was from something I wasn't expecting to be a highlight to me. And that was Lacey Evans versus Natalia, last woman standing. Oh, my God. That Did they put on a show. Was amazing. They put on a show. Now, they've been wrestling a lot against each other in dark matches, um, house shows, and also, as we've seen on Raw, multiple times so it's almost like the Sheamus um Cesaro matches without a, a a direction of making them a tag but they have been battling and I don't know if this is the end of the feud but <laughs> it was amazing 
even the finish with the power bomb uh, off the uh, the the new set. Great finish. The 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 imagery of Natty being thrown into the set and sliding down. That was just you can't script that stuff. Well done, ladies. Well done. Yes. And I, I was agree. tired of seeing them wrestle. So no, I was not excited about them. Like, uh, and then by the end of it, I'm like, holy moly, that's match of the night. And I still hold that. Because, you can't get tired. Can't. Yeah. Because the only other uh, highlight was Tyson Fury versus Braun. And the the obligatory in the ring at the same time. Let's just jump all over each other with a bunch of people holding his back scene. <laughs> we'll get into the Tyson Fury, my feelings about this Tyson Fury thing in a little bit. So just if you're keeping score, for my opinion, Raw had out of three hours, almost a highlight an hour. Lashley and Rusev and the bedroom scene of love. Hour one. Lacey and Hattie, last woman standing, pretty much hour two. Tyson Fury and Braun, hour three. Don't ask what the hell else happened on Raw because not that much of note. So that's the beginning of the week. NXT, on the other hand, we had some moving and shaking with Leo, Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak, who's finally getting some strong billing. Leo comes out, NXT champ. Darn good match. Congratulations to the man of the hour. Did everything else kind of... You know, the Kushida versus Walter match was okay. Dakota Kai actually looked really good uh, when she had her match against Bianca Belair. Um, the Undisputed Era, you know, having a deal with Tommaso Ciampa and possibly Possibly another person, a former NXT champion, somebody still gets a huge pop. Don't know why he's NXT at the moment. I don't know after he lost to The Fiend. But then again, do you think that's a good idea? Yes. Because it's almost like he whose name shall not be spoken because he wasn't he was not really present. I don't know why they didn't really do a lot with Finn Balor. Oop spoke his name. Mm. I was trying not to speak his name so that way he shows up a little bit more this week. But I kind of ruined that so much for trying to be secure with this and beat around the bush. I tried to challenge myself on that one, but oh well. So uh, you know, what I think they possibly could be setting up with is Undisputed Era versus Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, Velveteen Dream, and maybe one other person, I don't know, who, as of yet, in war games. 
That would hmm. be a traditional four horsemen OG throwback versus, you know, the, the amalgam team of, you know, your Sting, Lex Luger, and and whomever. So I think that kind of maybe where they're leading this to, if I had to book it and have a payoff match, that would be it. But who the fourth person is on um, Team Ciampa and Balor, I haven't been able to pick yet. And then we know like the women that. is looking to have one as well. And that's quite possible. I mean, look at the talent you have in NXT, women-wise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I expect to see, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley become champion at some point. Very, 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 very soon. Because that may be a call-up for Shayna Baszler. Just saying. But here's the thing. And you can tell me how you felt about NXT. It wasn't as hard-hitting as I wanted it to be. I was, I know it's a, a hefty toll of expectation, but I would expect NXT to be pulling takeover-level matches every week. But we didn't really get that takeover feel, that big fight feel. We had some good matches, but you tell me what you think. See, well, I, before I go into the point that I was about to make, uh, I, I wasn't as ginned up for NXT as I was for AEW. So, I mean, that being that, I, I was kind of sour with WWE for what they did Sunday. And I'm like, okay, you got to rectify it. And it hasn't been rectified, but that's another story. Um, but as far as what you just said about them having takeover level matches during the week, I mean, it's possible, but you know, when they do takeover, you got a month to top what you just did on a takeover. I mean, you can't, I don't think it's possible to top uh, that style of match, that type of match, that 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 level and that's a that's a lot of ball raising in a week i don't think that's possible i mean it would be great but i don't i i don't know if that's possible i don't think it's possible because you know you're gonna have your dead spots you're gonna have your, 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 your lows and you know it could be the highest of highs this week and next week can be a valley and then go back to the highs of highs, plateau for a little bit, and then you got another high. So, I don't, I mean, it, it, great idea, but that that's where uh, you need to call Mr. James E. Cornette and get uh. him to writing and start putting some things together. You need to put the band back together. Well, Cornette's in NWA right now. Yeah. He just took over. But I would have gave him a call. I mean, I know sometimes you got to let bygones be bygones, waysides be waysides, whatever, for the good of the business. I don't care how anybody feels about Cornette. Um, the man's a legend. And 
out, what he does outside of wrestling, I'm, I'm really not interested. I'm interested in his wrestling mind and his ideas. So I, I need the band back together. I'm, I'm talking everybody back together writing, and but they need to write for NXT the way they write for SmackDown and the way they write for Raw. Put those storylines in NXT. So it gives you something to tune into every week. And I think that's what NXT is missing. Uh, the develop, the developing storylines. Right. You don't have you don't have anything that's grabbing your attention. You have great matches. Don't no 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 doubt. But it's not like you have these feuds going on. So that's just my thought. Me being a a, a, a novice. And this is just my thoughts on how to make it better. Well, I agree. But I'm putting that that hefty toll on NXT because they have the capability to make it epic A. More importantly, AEW, their performance right now, especially this week on week two, in my opinion, is in the title of the show. Dynamite emanating from Boston. You have the open of the Young Bucks versus the still newly discovered, in reference to the major network television sports entertainment, private party, which is, in my opinion, the great answer or rival to the Street Profits. Two black young tag teams, but private party, I gotta tell you, man. That got daggone gin and juice move where it's a turnbuckle Rana into a freaking diamond cutter. That's disgusting. That needs to be in the game. In AEW's game made by Ukes down the road. But my God, they put on a match and actually beat the Young Bucks, which again, I thought was smart because you're executives. To put yourself over just so that way you could be tag champions it's not good good for business. That's what everybody expects because you're number one seed and you're the Young Bucks. But that be upset by the private party, that was just great booking. Still, again, every time I hear the W being said from Tony Schiavone, I have a flashback to Nitro. I'm sorry, I can't help it. That's just liquid nostalgia right there. And there's no not dissing Jim Ross that, you know, Jim Ross's voice on um, WCW was anything to, you know, to, to cry about or, or or to be sad about or to miss, but it's just something about hearing the W from Tony Schiavone about wrestling that just says, bop, we're back. And, and it gives you that feel. It just puts you in that old mode. But then what killed... NXT's potential to win was all on the back of one man. And I know you got to agree with this. Chris Jericho introducing his new stable, the Inner Circle. Not only did he capture everybody's attention, not only did he give a shout out to Eddie Guerrero, but when he was talking about Jake Hager 
aka Jack Swagger, and everybody started chanting, "We the people." Mm-hmm. And then he turned right around and said, "That was that's garbage. That's horrible. That's just nothing but just phoning it in. Poor creative." And he said the reason why he said that is because he wanted to turn the the, the attention back to AEW. But just being able to think on your feet and just throw that out there, that's breaking that 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 fourth wall in reference to several times throughout that promo. That it it just destroyed everything that happened, in my opinion, on NXT. It became NXT became uh, an afterthought because all I was buzzing about when I watched it was, man, Y2J did it, and then he went right from there to go on a pull and get the heat as a traditional heel way, talking bad about Cody, talking bad about Dustin, even calling uh, Dusty Road a jerk. Then he goes the next step and says shit on national television, which had a shit chant. So, <laughs> you know, you're throwing it extra. He's, he's edgier and edgier in this new stage of Jericho, I guess is what you can call it. And, you know, then touting that AEW had the highest rated premiere in TNT history. So that means that eclipsed the first episode of Monday Night Nitro. That, I mean, everything else was like icing on a cake. I mean, a Jimmy Havoc match versus Darby Allen to face Jericho this upcoming week was a barn burner. I was like, what? Uh, you know, the women did a great job. Um, you know, B Priestley and Sakura versus Britt Baker and Rio, who was a champion. And then we had the slobber knocker of slobber knockers. And that's the first time we'll say that for the AEW broadcast, being Sean Spears, a.k.a. the Perfect Ten from the WWE with Tully Blanchard. Versus the Mox, John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And they fought hard, hard, all the way down to that finish with uh, Kenny Omega coming up and Pac hitting Kenny Omega with a chair. I mean, wow. Wow. We had that match, and we weren't even done. We still had a main event with Dustin. And Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guerrero. And that was a great match. And then the Inner Circle beat down everybody. That was great start, great middle, great end. That's how you make a sandwich. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. And... Chris Jericho unveiling the inner circle. We the people are dead. I got a main event mafia feel. And I, I love I used to love the main event mafia because they had a right to act the way that they did. They were just that damn good. They're world champions. And I feel that 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 type of energy coming from them pretty much after Wednesday night. They say that uh one hour teas um 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 their ordering site crashed because of the inner circle and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if I'd have known that I could go to One Hour Tees and get a shirt made, okay, great. But I, I'm going to get my own made. And I, I've seen a couple of designs, so I'm getting ready to take those designs up to the mall and have those put on a T-shirt because I'm going to get me an Inner Circle T-shirt. I just... AEW blew WWE out of the water with one show this week. I agree. They, they, they trumped Hell in a Cell, which is a pay-per-view. They trumped Raw, and they trumped NXT. One show. Killed three shows off in a week. So, uh, Vincent Kennedy, you're going to have to Got put some work to do. Yeah, put your foot on some Actually, people's no, necks to get it's it not done. him. Paul Levesque, you got some works to do. Ooh, there it is. Period. So, now, we know WWE is working a sandwich theory. So, AEW is in the midst, in between. So, we can't leave out Friday. We can't leave out SmackDown Live. The first day of the draft. Next day is going to be this upcoming Monday. But they opened with uh, on their end a bond burner of Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And the winner or the winner representing that winning brand, should I say, gets the first pick. Uh, ultimately, Raw got that thanks to the Fiend interfering and attacking Seth Rollins. So, sorry, Roman. But I guess that's a good way to not have two shield members one gets uh, accreditation over the other type of thing and you know they're still trying to feed off of that since they got john moxley over on uh aew so i get that they had the this is where it was kind of funny the fox execs and the usa execs aka the actors um in the war rooms and you could tell they were actors based off of the reactions to things. It's like, really? Really? I've never seen executives act like that in any war room that I've seen. But, you know, that's, I guess, from watching a lot of NFL and, and, and baseball drafts and, and such. And, you know, didn't really seem too realistic. But I'm not going to hold that against them. Would you like to know the rules of the draft? I bet you would, KG. Lay it so on. I'm going to tell it, it to you. So there's 70 total superstars in a draft. 30 of them are eligible on SmackDown Live's initial. The next 40 are going to be on Raw. Because a two-hour show, SmackDown gets two picks. Raw gets three. Tag teams, as I always expect, to count as one pick unless they wanted to split them up and take one or whatever. If it's, you know, Freebird rules, take one of the um, New Day, you will leave the other one as a solid tag. Undrafted superstars that were not picked that night become free agents and just will go wherever they're assigned. So that's how it plays out. So there's a lot of people. and We still have to look at who we drafted and compare, but we're not going to check that out we're just going to cover who was drafted so first round first pick thanks to the fiend went to raw and that was becky lynch smart history smackdown picked roman smart raw 
pick the OC. So that's Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles as a unit. SmackDown had the best acquisition, in my opinion, of the first round being The Fiend. Because you've got The Undertaker, quote-unquote, on the brand that really drove the lore of The Undertaker as of recent note. I mean, he had a lot of moments on Raw, but some of the epic times he had on SmackDown was was just through the roof. And the matches he had on SmackDown were through the roof. And some of them actually were on Fridays. Mm. And last but not least, and a surprise because nobody was expecting this coming but me, um, Raw drafted last in the first round Drew McIntyre. Hold up. I remember somebody else saying Drew McIntyre. Unfortunately, I put him on SmackDown. But, hey, I know Drew is a major player, and he was expected to be a part of it. Now, we'll say on the Fox side of things, before I cut you off, I'm sorry, that Fox really doubled down on having their announcers from Aikman and Joe Buck to uh, the halftime crew to inside scoop. I mean, they really all had an impression for the network uh, about the draft. What were you going to say? No, I think I can't find my 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 my, my draft board, but uh, I think I had Drew McIntyre going to roll SmackDown. I had him going somewhere. Well, possibly. I, I, you'll have to refresh gotta, that for me. Yeah, I gotta find my. I can't find none of my paperwork. Everything's all over the place. I lost <laughs> Skyline Junkies notebook for a week, so that tells you what kind of month I'm having right now. All right. Well, that was the first round. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into the rest of the draft because it gets a lot more interesting. And then after that, we're going to have a little discussion about Halloween. And by Halloween, I mean Saudi Arabia and Crown Jewel. Oh, <laughs> I thought we was discussing That's scary Halloween. enough. That, that's scary enough right there. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> Stay tuned. And just like that, we are back. Back to talk about the rest of the draft. So we've already covered the first round. Raw gets Becky. Roman gets. Uh, they'll be on SmackDown Live still. The OC is on Raw. The Fiend is exclusively to SmackDown. And Raw pulled Drew McIntyre out of the hat. But then that was round two. Raw. With a, an upset pick, in my opinion, got Randy Orton. SmackDown, in an interesting move, picked Sasha Banks. And I can't wait to see how this is going to play out once we uh, cover the end of uh, SmackDown's show. Then Raw counters with Ricochet. Smart. SmackDown counters back with Ricochet and takes Braun Strowman. And then Raw finishes everything off with how it started the week with Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Then we go to the third round. Raw picks Alexa Alexa Bliss. SmackDown takes Lacey Evans. Raw sends KO 
back to where he belongs. While SmackDown picks up the revival. And then Raw reacquires Natalia. Not a bad round. This is the round that's like, eh, okay. But then you had a like, what? So Raw takes the Viking Raiders. SmackDown takes Lucha House Party. Raw takes Nikki Cross. SmackDown takes Heavy Machinery. And then a what? Raw drafts the Street Profits from NXT. I called that. So I was like, oh, it's on and popping now. NXT folks are now viable. So that was the first round of the draft, and they're still putting people in different places. So we'll cover the overall from that uh, next week, along with the results from Monday Night Raw. But now it's time to really plug in and, and talk about What's going to really happen? Because we've got, on the Raw side, Becky Lynch. And the only technical challenge as of the current draft picks is Alexa Bliss. Because Sasha Banks is on the other side of the street. And Becky's the champ. So it's not like there's somebody for her to go after. So feud-wise, what could we possibly get out of this? And that's taking nothing from Alexa Bliss, but you know, I don't, I don't know about Alexa Bliss putting on a three to six month feud with Becky Lynch because, if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of like one of Becky's allies because you know she always wants her to come on a moment of bliss and you know. Let it be known, but she always gets interrupted. I mean, that's just the the premise of the show. But I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this may be their way to give Becky that Brock Lesnar treatment, so she can go off and get married. Quite possible. I said, you know, that, that's still uh, uh, in the horizon. So we have to see exactly how that plays out. Now, what about the fiend? being on SmackDown. What could that give us from the new feud? Uh, because it gives Firefly Funhouse on SmackDown instead of Raw, and it gives you the first viewing would be on SmackDown. So it's going to boost SmackDown's rating the way it did for Raw, because everybody was living to see that four minutes. Yeah, I agree, but do you think it's going to be his next target is Braun Strowman? No. How, how, because, how many times can you actually bury Braun Strowman? Well, it just has to big show. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening to Braun. They put so then, him on a show with the two men that constantly bury him. Roman Reigns, <laughs> Brock Lesnar. You speak the truth there, sir. You speak the truth. So, then the other thing I was looking at is on a tag scale. Just based off of it, you know, we got Viking Raiders, Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, and Street Profits. So, how far, and this is, you know, between the two shows, 
how long do you think it's going to take for the Street Profits to become champions? Because I know that their major feud is almost impressive feud is going to be with the Usos. When they come back? Yep. And they are draftable. They've already said it. Hmm. I give it three months. But no, if they win a, a tag team title before Heavy Machinery, that's a problem. And I've seen Heavy Machinery described as a B, a, a, a B, B style team. What? That, uh, uh, what? I like watching Heavy Machinery. I think Heavy Machinery can do something for a long period of time yeah. in WWE. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? I agree. And I think they're, as, as we all know, New Age uh, Bushwhackers. Yeah. Mixed with a, a, I get Bushwhackers too cool and hmm. They kind of devastating because they rough too. I get a a little bit of the Road Warriors out of them too because of how they're rough style. So. Just a just a little bit, not much. So don't nobody take and hoop and holler about that and cry. I agree. Now, a few that is possible. Randy Orton and Kevin Owens mm-hmm. are both on Raw. Huh. That is something that could be massive. Are they going to run? let Randy run? Because that's the thing that I've noticed. He's been buried a lot the last few years, too. For various yeah, reasons. I mean, the suspensions and things like that, but he, he's been buried. But this could be an opportunity for him to, to have a moment. To, to have the WrestleMania opportunity. Yeah. So we shall see exactly, you know, what could come up. But I think that's one of the most impressive opportunities that uh, could come out of this first wave of the draft. So that was the draft. The moment of the night, the match of the night, the conversation of the night comes from the heel turn that we've been waiting and expecting to happen for a long time. We talked about it for a long time, and that came from Bailey. She murdered the Bailey buddies, (laughs) and once again, bloodied Charlotte to where her whole gear was... You know, had blood splatters on it, and Charlotte was, you know, it was, it was a, a great night for Charlotte, and made her look vulnerable in a way, but also at the same time still kind of dominant. And Bailey, her promo afterwards, just sealed the deal. I was so happy and proud to watch that. I thought that was. A great moment, but then after that, I had the next problem in my hands or in my brain. Sasha Banks is also signed to SmackDown. 
So what are we accomplishing by having Bailey as a heel go up against Sasha as a heel? Nothing. Yeah, it's like that I don't understand. But that whole uh, uh, Bailey, even the murdering of the Bailey buddies, uh, the, the heel change, period. I believe it was a certain wrestling podcast host that laid that out in full detail about two and a half months ago, maybe a little, maybe three, but it was over the summer. It wasn't that long ago. Just same way he laid out the Sasha Banks heel turn in detail. I, 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 whoever's listening, please send the check. We, we, we would greatly appreciate it. Or piece of paper to check on it. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take whatever we can get these days. But, I mean, man, I guess, you know, that was pretty much it. Good show. Good show. <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. There's that little crazy event happening on Halloween. Oh, how could we leave before we forget to talk about Crown Jewel? How could we leave before we get to talk about another Saudi Arabian special? So Goldberg and Taker had a little bit of a hiccup, but now they phoned in the new opportunity, tapping into that old adage of you get Mike Tyson, you're going to put some butts in the seats. And they doubled down. Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. We'll start there. Now, Tyson Fury, as far as being a character in boxing, Great. Braun Strowman's Braun Strowman. Still, they haven't said how this is going to happen, if it's going to be a boxing match or what. We haven't got that aspect 100% locked in. But the only blemish that I am seeing at the moment is that Tyson, I don't feel Tyson's character. You know, uh, he's he's not coming off as aggressive as I would like to see versus Braun Strowman. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I have uh, expectations because from boxing, I think uh, Mayweather set the bar really high. And he was just a showman. Whether uh, No matter what you feel about him, he made that a spectacle without the 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 need of a hype man or anything like that. The press conference was a letdown because it was just so scripted. Even the the pats on the back from Braun and Tyson, you know, to, to try to show the one-upsmanship, and then Triple H had to come out and Michael Cole's like, "Hey, both your camps agreed." Like. What did Braun Strowman have a camp? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> camp? Like, no, it's the WWE. Basically, you mean Vince? Like, no. Vince wants the files. Like, come on. Y'all should have brawled, got to some kind of scuffle, and got the media attention since they were right there. But you tell me what you think about Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel. 
Number one, I cannot say this enough. Uh, anybody that watches boxing, um, Tyson Fury is one of those good guys in boxing, especially the heavyweight division, which is very sparse with top-tier talent. Him and Deontay Wilder and uh, what's my man name? Just won the title. Uh, Ruiz. Those are the top three fighters that I enjoy watching. I enjoy listening to. And to see Tyson Fury go over and he's challenging Braun Strowman. He's, he says he's ready for American television. So, I like it. Him okay. and Braun, Braun, Braun's talking about, hey, you get these hands. Now, Tyson's got hands. So, it's going to be a lot of hands given and gotten. Yeah, if it's a boxing match, the question is, will he let them box? Or is it going to be a scripted match? There's a lot of X factors in this. The last time WWE let people box was uh, uh, the Brawl for it all tournament. Yeah, people was getting knocked out, and they was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh, Bradshaw got knocked out. Mm-hmm. The Godfather got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart Gunn won it all and got yeah. knocked out. But that was Butterbean. He rightfully so. It's like, yeah, you get knocked out, dog. There's, there's no getting around that. Bart needs to stop playing. <laughs> Everybody knew Butterbean was about to put that work in. That's just what he did. Yeah. Period. But are they willing to risk Braun Strowman getting the KO, which would give him a concussion, and derail his plans? No. Is the, the, for, wait a minute. For Braun, if that's what they're looking for, you know, to be a boxing match, is that huge check worth that opportunity? No. Every time Braun gets in position to take the next step to be, I mean, he's got main event potential, but has he ever been a main eventer? Well, he's a main eventer now. Yeah, now. But every time he gets that chance to be a sports entertainment main eventer, where he's going for a title, an injury comes up and it always derails it. Some sort of injury that you couldn't see. And it, it, it's bad. I hate to see this one open. coming. It's called <laughs> a right or a left from Tyson Fury. <laughs> Two to the body, one to the head. There you go. Baka, baka. Ding, ding, ding. So that's one side of the coin. One facet of the jewel. The other side is going to be a little bit more interesting, has a little bit more spice. Unfortunately, promo-wise, in my opinion, it's still one-sided because as much as Rey Mysterio wants to be the, the focal point or the voice man, the angle point of this scenario, if you're not coming correct, promo against Paul Heyman, yeah, it's, it's, you might as well just cancel Christmas on that because you're losing. So we know we got the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. We already know that Kane put that work in, put the scar on the man's face, and beat the hell out of Brock. So that's how that went down. Now, the question here is going to be the other side of coin because Kane is a wrestler. So we've got a sports entertainment opportunity. And that's why I'm thinking they're going to do the boxing side 
with Braun and, and Kane. Because, I'm sorry, uh, Braun and Tyson. Because Kane can wrestle. So that means that we'll have more of a wrestling match out of that scenario. Now, I haven't seen him wrestle, so, you know, he's done some AAA stuff and, and things like that. So it's going to be a little interesting on how this is going to play out. But um, I don't know. T- tell me what you, you think on that. I mean, I just – we know what Kane Velasquez can do, period. But I'm just the, the, the promo part is what we're lacking. And, you know, you sent me the info – and it's already been confirmed that he's got a multi-year deal. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to work this out and see how it plans out? You tell me what you think. I, I, I don't I don't know. I've been wondering, like, how does that work? Because it was no build-up. He just showed up, and then three days later, he's got a multi-year deal. Uh, how, Sway? <laughs> I, I just... I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to work him into this. And what are you going to do? You're going to do him the way you did uh, uh, the great Kali when he first came in, make him unstoppable, just beating the hell out of everybody. Because the great Kali whooped Undertaker's ass when he first showed up. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're going to do to Kane Velasquez? You're going to make him beat the hell out of Brock Lesnar? And that feud goes on where he just constantly beats Brock. And he beats him badly. Is that is that how it's going to be? Because that's how it's going to be. I think you might lose a little lust in the WWE title. Because you got a new guy coming in. Destroying. Your legitimate champion. I'm just saying. I don't know how it's going to work though. That is a good damn question. Yeah. And, and and that's what I was curious to see. What you uh, what you thought about it? Because I said this can go a, a couple different ways, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But if done right, Kane and Brock can be a great setup match for a couple rubber rubber opportunities leading up to WrestleMania. The Tyson match, the question is, what are you protecting? Braun Strowman or Tyson Fury's um, reputation as being undefeated? Because if he loses to Braun Strowman in a boxing match, then what does that say about Tyson and the future? So, you know, it's it's several different things that, that could come into play. So it's really going to come down to what we have match-wise and how this goes down. Mm. So Crown Jewel, we still got some time for it to be curated and more matches to be announced. You know, we still have to have that that strong presence. We know we got Team Hogan versus Team Flair, so that's part of the nostalgia option that they're getting because we know they love the nostalgia. They love the major... Uh, you know, superstars of, of the past. So we have to see how this is going to be worked out. And, you know, believe it or not, it's, it's crazy to say we're talking about Halloween and it's not too far away. Yeah. Where is time gone, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> 
Where has time gone? <laughs> or where's it going? Yeah. Before you know it, we'll be doing it two years. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be talking about, hey, it's February 10th once again. Where is time? Speaking of time, pod, pod tail. We need to hurry up and get that time in there. We haven't heard anything back from him. But no, you did yeah, your job. I, I, I put the tweet out there. I saw it, man. I retweeted it. You know what? Let's not stop at Podtail. Let's hit them all. Uh, hey, look, we want to do some paid advertising for you. Get everybody over there. That goes for iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, uh, Radio Public, iHeart Radio, um, Player FM. I mean, come on. We can do it all. We're already doing it for Anchor. You heard that from, from BJ a little earlier. So yeah. let's do it for you, too. We want to do some paid promotion for you, too. You give us a minimum number of times to mention your site. If we can fit the XFL in there 20 times in a show, I'm sure we can fit yours in 22. Well, not going to lie to you. They need to learn. Spit hot fire. They need to roll with us. Or roll with us. That's the options that they got. Because it's already been seen. uh, Somebody's listening up in Stamford, Connecticut. And looking at uh, the analytics of our podcast, somebody, it's a few, we got a few Connecticut listeners. May not be Stanford, but I know they're in Connecticut. It doesn't say where. But somebody from up that way is listening. And they're taking the ideas up the ladder. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We try. We try. Yeah. We're just a little uh, cog in the wheel. Trying to make great things happen. If you hit that email, sidelinejunkies247 at sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. And just let's start a correspondence. I'm sure. I'm sure. As the agent for the people's choice, Don Rodriguez, Mr. Saturday Night. I'm sure we can come to terms on a contract that would be favorable to him that he will let this wealth of knowledge and creativity flow just for you. So give us a call. But until you call us, go ahead and tell them what they can hear us at. Well, you can hear us at the aforementioned Anchor FM right here, which is our home. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, <laughs> Cast Box, that's another one. Uh iHeartRadio Player FM, Podbean. Well, yeah, Podbean's still up. Podbean, Podtail. Uh geez, I'm drawing a blank now. Radio, Radio Public, you name it, we're on it. You can always hit the good old Google machine. 
and Google sideline junkets to tell you every platform we're on. We're down to 16 now. We lost one platform because, unfortunately, they went out of business. Uh, but we still got 16 to, 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 to rock on. So, And I haven't even checked this week because every week it's always a new, new platform. So I haven't checked yet, but I'll check this week. And next week I'll come and, hey, we might have 19 platforms to be on. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. But, you know, until then, we'll be here. Same bat times, same bat channels, more bat crazy to talk about. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, I, I didn't want to gloat too much this week because of my win, but I'm happy about that. I redeemed myself. I'm, I'm just really, really happy. So, but before we get out of here, I got a question for you. Okay. Did you see that Master P bought a wrestling federation? Yep. And he said that he wants to make it as big, bigger than WWE. Well, he needs to uh, watch what Cody's doing first. Before yeah. he, you know, try to tackle on the white whale. He says he wants to bring hip hop to sports entertainment. And I, great idea. And a lot of people playing, saying, you know, well, he can do it. He can do it. If anybody can do it, Master P can do it. But you have to know the business. You have to know talent evaluation. You can't just get somebody because they got a gimmick that's hot right now. You need a gimmick that has a shelf life that's going to last over time. You have to have the writers as well as the on-screen talent. And you have to find, now, right now, you have to get in where you fit in. Because Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is locked up. Mm -hmm. So you got to get in where you fit in if you're going to do a distribution deal. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, in that uh, Louisiana area, he could do some big things. It depends on where he does it. If it was him, I'd, I'd do it in Atlanta. There's a lot of opportunity there. So, you know, Lord knows if he could buy Ring of Honor, that'll get them uh, from being aired at whenever the hell. <laughs> and, and maybe get them a better deal. Hell, well, you get he can negotiate them uh, going on a BET. Yeah. Or he could take over Impact. Yeah. And That's get them because the only time I watch Impact Wrestling, no joke, Facebook. That's the only time I can watch it. Mm. I go to their Facebook page. But then the, the question I, I ask is, is he going to have his hand in it? And if he does, what does he know about it? That's the question because we'll have a repeat of what happened in Impact and how so many people was trying from music industry and and, you know, all these other different avenues just trying to get a piece of the pie, but didn't mm -hmm. understand the pie. So they couldn't rebake the recipe and it kind of went stale. But, you know, hey, Master P has done some major things from nothing to something to uh, na 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 na. Yeah. So if anybody could pull it off and, and, and get it in, it's him. So I wish him the best and we'll see exactly what happens. Most definitely, and we will definitely keep an eye on it, yep. just to see what they're going to do. 
Yeah. But, you know, until then, like I was saying, you hit us up on Saturday, and if he listens to what we're talking about, then he'll probably get some great ideas. Most definitely. And probably yeah. become an even bigger millionaire than what he already is. Oh, no, we need a piece of that check, too. Because <laughs> we're going to build your brand, and we dag on shore. Need some uh, some accreditation on that one. Yeah. I need I I I I pull a Jason Weaver. I don't need a couple million up front. Give me a couple hundred thousand in royalties. Where I got a check coming in every month. We damn sure ain't gonna pull in Antonio Hill Brown. We're gonna make sure we keep this money in our pocket <laughs> if we get it. Exactly. <laughs> no craziness here, ladies and gentlemen. We well, outside of us talked about crazy stuff like dialogue. But hey, I'm still looking forward to making a band at some point in 2020. So we'll see how that happens. But until then, you got the same bad time, as I said, same bad channel, same bad crazy, same wrestling awesomeness every week, giving you the WrestleManiacs. Oh, it's definitely indeed. And with that being said, that's all our time. Till the next time, we are the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs, and we are out of here. Out. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.